Well, good morning, FCC. How are we doing this morning? Come on, you can do a little better than that. How are we doing this morning? All right, that's right. You guys know what day today is? What's today? It is Sunday. It is New Year's Eve, right? 2023. This is the last day of the year. And what a blessing that we can actually come together on this last day. Um, If you're like me, then you probably love New Year's Eve. I, I just love New Year's Eve because I have irrational OCD. And what I mean by that is instead of having OCD when I'm cleaning and organizing, I have OCD when I'm trying to start a new workout, a diet, basically anything new. See, I just reason in my head that the best day to start is Monday, right? Some of you are probably like this. And if I screw up at any point, I got to wait till the next Monday before I start again. (laughs) But even better than a random Monday is when the Monday falls on the first of a month. Oh, I just love that because I can make a month-long goal then. But the cream of the crop, the best, is when the Monday lands on the first month in the first day of the year, which just happens to be tomorrow, right? One, one, 24. So you guys already know my OCD has said I can make year-long goals. I am set to have the best 2024 yet. So I am pumped about it. And the truth is um, my optimism for 2024 is built some way into this past year. So I'm just curious, how has everyone's 2023 been? So we're going to do a little exercise Here in a few seconds, uh, you're going to do one of three things. If you've had a really good year, I want you to put your hand up like this, pump it a little bit, and say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. If it's been an average year, just give me a little shrug and say, eh. And if it's been a bad year, don't raise your hand, but just let out that frustration. Just just give me a grind, all right? (laughs) Three, two, one. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Somewhat of a mixed bag, but a lot of us have had a good year. Uh, Praise God for that. Um, As I just did, oh yeah, oh yeah, thank you guys for participating. Um, Me and Caitlin have had a pretty good year this year. We've had the chance to travel to two different countries. We went to four plus states. We've done a lot of trips and adventures. It's been an awesome year. We saw the student ministry here at FCC just blow up and really expand, volunteer and student-wise. In fact, over the summer, we had five baptisms alone and then another one in the fall. Come on, give me a clap for that. That was, praise God, that's been awesome. And then on top of that, I found out this year that I'm going to be going full-time next year here. So I'm amped about that. And then on top of that, a couple weeks ago, I officially am done with college. Heck yeah, let's go, right? So on the surface, 2023, this year has been an awesome year for me and Caitlin, right? Now what you don't know, because you have no reason to, is that we've had a lot of loss this year. We've had quite a few family and friends pass, and we've had the everyday hardships that many of you have had. In fact, on Christmas Eve, we lost my great uncle. So as I go into this next year, even though this overarching year has been really good, it's very easy to reflect on the hard and the pain that's recently happened. And that can really pull me back from being, having the most fulfilling and purposeful year because of what God's doing in my life. And see, I don't want to neglect the fact that some of you came in here today and it's hard to imagine what next year holds because this year's been tough. You're coming in with a lot of guilt and shame And you're just like, I don't know if I can go another year. And this message is for you. All right, get ready. Lofty claim. 
In this message, I'm going to give you a biblical mindset from Paul that if you apply it to your life, no matter how good or bad this past year has been, 2024, this next year, will be the most fulfilling and purposeful yet. Lofty claim, right? I promise you guys, stick with me, and I'll give you that mindset. But before we do that, uh, I just want to go to God in prayer. Let's make it about him. Let's ask for his blessing on this message, and then we'll get into the meat of it in the text. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we are so thankful for who you are, for what you're doing in each one of our lives, whether we even know it or not. Lord, we thank you for sending your son to come in the world and die for us. We thank you for this community right here that can bond together to grow in your likeness, all for your glory. I pray, Lord, that you bless this message. Allow it not to be my words, but yours. Allow your word to speak to everyone here so that we can lean into this next year to do the most for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so the main text for today's message that we're going to be leaning into is Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. Starting in verse 12, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, there's a little mindset there that we're focusing on today from Paul, and it's, it's this. It's forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And I, I promise you, if we implement this mindset, into this next year, it's going to open up so much more for what God can do in our lives. But before we do that, uh, let's just set some context. Let's see, what is Paul talking about in this chapter that preludes um, this passage and this mindset that we're talking about? So let's go back up to the top of the chapter. We'll start in verse 1 and go through verse 9 in chapter 3. So starting in verse 1, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me, and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as the law of Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. In order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So, this... this, how he starts chapter three. And Paul's talking all about our righteousness, our right standing with God that comes through our faith in Jesus, right? 
And what was happening is Paul, who, who was really leading the charge to the Gentiles, the non-Jews in the first century, was bringing the gospel to them and the good news. And then these Jewish Christians would come along and say, yes, salvation is faith in Jesus, but you also need to do X, Y, and Z. You need to be circumcised like us. You need to follow the law. And get what Paul says? He says, no, 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 no. The true children of God aren't those that have any of the, according to the law, it's the faith that you put in because that's where our righteousness comes from. It's fully in Jesus. And that is a good thing. And then he goes on to say, the best possible Jewish resume ever. This is like me comparing my resume to Tom Brady on, you know, the GOAT of football. Paul's saying, listen, I was circumcised on the eighth day, the exact day God called us to, the Jewish boys. I'm a Benjamite. I was so zealous, I persecuted the church before Christ. According to the law, if righteousness is according to the law, I'm blameless. See, as you all know, and we all know, Paul knew he wasn't actually blameless from the law because it's more than just a bunch of to-dos and to-don'ts. But back then, some people did think that you could perfectly follow the law. And what he's saying is, look, there is nothing outwardly I have done that anyone can attest to that would say in opposition to the law. He's basically saying, if anyone could boast in the flesh, it would be me. But guess what he says? He says, all that gain I count as lost, I have no confidence in the flesh. That's such a good thing. See, what Paul's telling us is that righteousness is not something we earn, but a free gift of God. This is a really good thing, guys. Really, really good. But we get stuck in just this worldly idea that to be more righteous before God, we got to pray more. We have to open our Bibles more. We have to go to church more. All good things, right? But when we put our confidence in that, we neglect the entire gospel, because it's not about us. It never was. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. Think about this for a second. Imagine our righteousness is about what we do. Imagine you got a perfect streak in 2024. You've shown up to church every single Sunday, and then you're driving to church, and your tire blows. So you know you're going to be late. You're calling AAA, and they say, I'm three hours out. You're going to miss even second service. So you pull up your phone. You're like, I'm going to go to the live stream. And it it turns out we're having technical difficulties. So you miss it. And your righteousness goes down because of that? Imagine this. Imagine you go through McDonald's and you order your, your regular order and they mess it up. So you go in and you ask for a change and they're, oh, go park in spot two and we'll bring it out. And then they forget about you. Tell me you won't have intrusive thoughts. And thinking some things, right? We would all be less righteous. It is a good thing that it depends fully on Jesus. Right? Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 9. He says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It's not about us. It never was, it never will be. And and the truth is, just like our righteousness and our right standing with God and our salvation is all centered on Jesus, the way we measure our year should be too. See, our year should be measured not by accomplishments, but by our relationship with Jesus. Now I say that, knowing the fact 
I often measure my year, even did at the beginning of this sermon, by the good things that happened, right? It's so easy to. I went on some cool trips. I, I graduated, got my diploma. Even, even better than that, we had some baptisms in the student ministry. We had a lot of people come. And we can easily think those are the things that make a good year or not. And that's, that's not true at all. What makes a good year is that you grew in your relationship with Christ because the end goal, the thing we're all going towards is to know him better, to become his likeness. And if that's not how we're measuring the year, then we're, we're not getting it. And that's what Paul's getting at. So that's point number one today. When you guys measure 2024 and even reflect back on 2023, was it a good year because you grew in relationship with Jesus? Just think about it. All right, so let's go back to our main text of the day. Uh, chapter 3, verses 12 through 14 of Philippians. I'm going to reread it just as a reminder. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, Paul in verses one through nine is breaking this idea that our righteousness is all about the good things we do. It's about how many times you, you don't break the law or you don't cuss or you don't get drunk, right? But then he breaks the other extreme here at verse 12. It says, don't think that I am perfect. See, we can also get the misconception that our faith in Jesus makes it that we don't have to do anything because we're perfect in his standing. See, there's this theological word that we have in the Christian faith called sanctification. I almost forgot it for a section. Sorry. Um, and sanctification is this idea that the Holy Spirit shapes us into Christ's likeness, makes us into him. And what Paul's getting at is, look, guys, we're not going to be perfect in this life. So there's a balance and flow. Our confidence is in Jesus alone, but that doesn't mean we don't do anything. It doesn't mean we sit on the couch and say, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven, don't care about the rest of my life. It's both and, right? And you see, then we go back to our mindset. Remember, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Did you notice that in Paul's resume, he mentioned he was so zealous, he persecuted the church. Paul literally was a murderer. He killed a man named Stephen. So, you know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he's a murderer, guys. Like, he literally killed people, Christians, that he goes on to lead as a Christian. He also is literally in prison when he's writing this letter. Paul has a lot of bad stuff over here that he can reflect on his past. And at the same time, he is planning all these churches and leading all these people to Jesus. And then he actually writes more than half of the New Testament with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He has a lot of good and he has a lot of bad. And what Paul's getting at in this mindset 
isn't that we totally neglect the past and just say, I'm never going to remember it. But what he's saying is, when he says forgetting the past, he's saying that doesn't define my future or who I am. Listen to this. In Jesus, your past does not define who you are or your future. Let me say that one more time. In Jesus, your past does not define who you are or your future. Isn't that amazing? Think about this for a second. What if Paul got locked into this idea that I was a murderer in my past? He probably even persecuted some of the Christians he went on to lead at different churches. What if he allowed that to define how Jesus was going to use him in the following year and day? The world might be totally different today. What if on the other spectrum, he got complacent? I've went through a lot of hardships. I've almost died so many times. I've planted a bunch of churches. I've done the good race. I've done a bunch of work. And he just said, I'm done. You see, what made Paul's life so special is that he decided that Jesus, every single day, every single month, every single year, would dictate his future and not everything that's happened in the past, whether it's good or bad. And if we can apply that to our past and look to the future fully to Jesus and him alone, you guys will have the most fulfilling and purposeful year yet. I promise you. Because there's this little thing we all know, we all say, but we rarely put into practice. And I'm gonna have you guys finish it for me. With God, all things are what? possible, right? You know what limits us a lot of times? It's us. It's not God. See, Paul's motto motto of his life, we find in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Listen to this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's all about Jesus. Everything Paul did, everything we do is dependent on him. And if we make that our mindset, it just opens up for limitlessness for what God can do for you. Now in verse 14 of our passage, um, Paul alludes to a goal, the goal of the faith. And you know, it's New Year's Eve, we're all set in goals and resolutions, so it's only right that we touch on a goal, right? So let's go to verse 14. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I've been perfect, purposely neglecting verses 10 and 11. If you notice, we went 1 through 9, we jumped back to 12 through 14. Let's go back to 10 through 11 to find that goal. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Now, let's just hold here for a second. Notice what the first thing Paul lists on here is. There's a few things on here. What's the number one thing? That I may know him, right? Man, I just think sometimes as Christians, we get so locked in to doing the right thing, making sure we don't do this or that. And yes, Christianity is a religion, but above all else, it's a relationship with Jesus. And what happens is we can force ourselves through will and grit to try to do a bunch of good things, 
But you know what happens when we prioritize the thing that's most important, the goal of the Christian faith, to just know Jesus? Everything stems out of that. Jesus is not your, your crazy cousin that the more you get to know, you don't want to go to family outings. Jesus is the most spectacular person ever. And the more you get to know him, the more you want to share him, the more you want to love others, the more you want to act like him. I'm telling you guys, if we want 2024 for FCC to be the most spectacular year yet, and you want to be used by God in the most special, magnificent ways, stop trying to do X, Y, and Z and get to know Jesus and allow him to dictate your future. If we want to have one goal for 2024, our goal should be to press on to know Jesus Christ. We got to press on because it's not easy, right? It's not always easy to get to know someone. It's not always easy to take time alone with God. It's not. We have tons of things that are pulling our attention away. But if we make that the priority, if we make that the goal of 2024, and we lead with this mindset that we forget everything behind and we look straight to the future, there's so much that's possible. You see, our 2024 is only limited by our ability to forget the past and look to the future with Jesus. That's really it. You see, I don't care if you were an alcoholic this past year. I don't care if you were doing drugs this year. I don't care if all your relationships were breaking down, your marriage is broken down. Everything seems like it's going awful. And I, I don't care if you've had the best year possible this year. If you think that God can't do something even more amazing or even more significant in this year, you don't know Jesus. You just don't. I know it's hard. That, that's why this sermon title is Press On, because it's difficult, right? When a marriage is failing, it's difficult to think Jesus is going to fix it. But when we prioritize Jesus, we see some amazing things happen. See, Paul likes to use analogies of running and athletics. Who, who loves, like, sports, right? We got some sport fans in the house. Raise your hand. Okay, do a little pump. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We'll do that again. Nice, nice. Love it, Dylan. Uh, but Paul, you know, sometimes talks about a race, and he's talking about pressing on. Look, I, I'm not a runner, guys. I, I've never been a runner. I never will be. I have asthma. God basically told me, you're not going to be a runner in your life. But I know this one thing about running. If you are in the lead... The worst thing you can do, other than to trip, is to look behind you to see how far the person is behind you, right? We all know that, that childhood story of the hare and the tortoise. What does the hare do when he gets the big lead? He looks behind him. Oh, I've, I've went pretty far and I have a big lead. I'm going to sit down and get complacent. You see, all of us are on the same race in Christianity. We're all racing forward to heaven, to eternity with Christ. But some of us get further than others and are used more in magnificent ways with God because we decide instead of looking back to all the good or the bad that's happened, we say, Jesus, I don't know what the future holds, but I know anything's possible with you. And I'm just gonna say, I'm not gonna let that define me. I'm gonna say, Jesus, you present my future. You make my future and everything else will follow. Man, if 
if we all stepped into this next year like that, what would happen? You know, in many ways, the last two years, when uh, we've been going through this bold initiative, we've had some awesome things happen in this church. And truly, it was an initiative, but we, this is who we are at this point, right? And the crazy thing is, if we lean into this mindset as a church, God's going to do even more here. A church with this mindset, with this goal to make knowing Christ the primary goal in this mindset that everything is forward, they really bring heaven down to earth. That's what we all want, right? I mean, year after year, we can make the same goal about me, about I. This year, I'm going to get the business. This year, I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to tell you guys, I've made that my resolution for five years. It's not going to be this year. I'm done with that. (laughs) And we can keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, which Albert Einstein calls insanity. Or we can choose this year to make this year about Jesus, knowing that maybe we don't achieve all the things that were on our bucket list, but we achieved the things that was on God's bucket list, and we realize those are the most important things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you just for your grace, for your mercy, the fact that righteousness is not built on what we do, God, the rights and wrongs, but it's totally built in you. Lord, we know that you tell us if we would repent and turn from our sins, that you are faithful to forgive us. Lord, I think there's some people in this room right now that are just beat down with life. And the enemy has them turning around and looking at their past and allowing that to define their future. Lord, help us realize the future is limitless with you. Everything is open. No matter if um, we struggle with anxiety, no matter if drugs and alcohol or marriages are suffering, that with you all things are possible if we just press on to know you more and prioritize you. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.